right? Faith calls us to trust in the moment where there is question. The very essence of faith requires that there be room for question, <laughs> right? So are you and I going to be followers of Jesus who when we encounter something, we go, oh, that's hard. I don't know what to do with that. I can't believe God would lead people to say that or make that decision or live that type of life morally. I, I can't get my head around around how this works. Are we just going to walk away from God or maybe walk away from that topic or idea? Or are we going to embrace faith in our God? Paul says it would be foolish for you to push away simply because you can't understand. Some of us in this room, if we were honest, probably have frustrations and questions about the life after this one. If you have no questions about the life after this one, come on up here. I'll sit down. You, you can come up here and wax poetically. All right? There's a lot we don't know. There's a lot that might cause us a little bit of fear. There's a lot that might cause us a little bit of confusion. We have questions, but the reality is this, is that God is calling us to trust in that he will raise us and in that there is a better life, not just another life, but a better life waiting. Not just because the quality is better, but because the company is better, we'll be with King Jesus. <laughs> he says, listen, don't push away because of your doubt. Instead, push in. Right? He says, you foolish person, verse 36, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. That's a key Phrase, I believe, in this passage, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Verse 37, and what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen into each kind of seed its own body. Now, here's a big heads up for you. I hope this is not going to be a news flash to any of us in this room as we start verse 39. For not all flesh is the same. Hopefully you knew that already. But there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind. The glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For even star differs from star in glory. Here's what Paul says in response to the Corinthian inability to grasp and understand this resurrection. He's got two responses in these verses that I see at least. One is this. He says, it makes sense that what is has to die for what is to be to come to life. It makes sense that the body that you live in now is going to have to die so that new life, something new, can spring up from that. This is not a new principle. He uses the principle of agriculture. He says, listen, it's as if you were to throw a seed, right? When you throw the seed out, you're not hoping that the seed sprouts up a whole bunch of new seeds. <laughs> you're not thinking that it's going to bring you a whole bunch of the same thing. You know that it has to die. It's its purpose to decline and perish such that new life can spring up out of that. You know it in different areas of your life. I'm caught right in the crosshairs right now in my diet and exercise world, right? You've heard me talk about it long enough. I've started making some changes. Keep praying because it may not be true tomorrow, so keep praying for me, okay? I'm caught right in the crosshairs. I'm making some changes. I ate multiple meals this week that were called simply steamed. Yum, right? <laughs> I didn't know how to operate the bowl. It came with a bowl to steam it. You're supposed to dip it in some sauce or something. I was like, I don't. It tasted like cardboard, but I was like, Jesus, I'm doing this with you, man. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to feel healthy. I'm going to feel better. We're going to do it. I've done that. I've drunk much more water in the last week, much less caffeine and carbonated drinks. But stay out of my pack of Cherry Coke Zero in the fridge back there in the cafe. <laughs> One a day, maybe. <laughs> 
I'm riding the crosshairs because I've made those decisions, but guess what else happened? <laughs> when, when a loving member, somebody awesome person, member or part of Dublin Bible Church drops by some chocolate chip banana bread in squares, I went after those mugs like a ravenous wolf, Right? It was ugly. If you could see it, it would be one of those things. Like you ever seen a tiger pounce on an animal out? Like he just takes out a gazelle and you're like, oh, I don't want to. I know it happens. I don't want to see it. It would have been like that if you'd been at my house. I was just just getting it, right? On one hand, I'm going, I know I got to make changes and I'm starting to make changes. I'm in process here. And on the other hand, I haven't decided yet to let the old die. And man, should I expect a whole lot of results from that plan? Should I expect a whole lot of fruit and outcome from that plan? Absolutely not. You see, for the new to live, the old has to die. It's true in our life patterns. It's true in nature. It's true of us, and it's true of these bodies. For the new to live, the old has to die. When I was dating and soon to be engaged to Jamie Phillips, who's now the beautiful Jamie Durant, she found a box in my closet in my parents' house. Just a shoebox stuff with some old pictures and notes and stuff. And I didn't think much about it. I never really went through it much. But you can bet when she found it, we went through it. <laughs> Not later. It was like she didn't bring it up later. Like, hey, can we maybe talk about that? She, no, no, no. It was like she found it and whatever else we were doing that day, we weren't doing anymore. Right? And we sat and I'm like, well, listen, I know that that note says that it's from Brooke. But Brooke is just my friend. Like, that's, it's okay for me to keep. I, like, I know that that picture is a picture from the prom. But that wasn't a date of mine. That was just a friend date. Like, it was like, but, but it was like, hey, very few of these things are you keeping, big boy, if you're keeping me. Right? I don't know if she said it that clearly, but it was really clear. You know what I'm saying? You ever seen it been in a moment where somebody didn't say it, but they absolutely said it? She didn't have to say it. I knew it. All right? I had to get rid of some of this other junk that I was holding on to, some of this past life that maybe I would sneak back to and entertain my interest with in her mind, she's thinking. I had to get rid of all that so that I could make space for her, baby. She was right, and it was good. Now, what I don't understand is why she still has some of her old prom pictures and notes from her boy. I don't. Y'all pray for me because it doesn't come up often, but whenever it does happen at our house, there is like this awkwardness in the air of like, still don't know why, still don't get it. Mine had to go, you got, we bring it up every time and then I've learned to just swallow it and know that, you know, that's how life is. Anyways, but you see the reality and you know it's true in your life that for the new to flourish, for the new to live, the old has to die. He says that is true. The seed goes into the ground to die. He says this other thing too. He says, make sure you notice this, that God gives a different kind of glory to different kinds of flesh. He says, there's a kind of glory for fish. There's a kind of glory for animals. There's a kind of glory for the moon and stars. When he's saying glory, he's saying a recognition or an awareness of beauty, of goodness. Like you look at it and you go, man, that's awesome. You ever watched a hawk fly through the air and just stood still and just watched it and go, man. Have you ever watched a stream flow down a mountain and just go, man, that's beautiful. He says, listen, you look at nature and you know that all things are different. Listen, if you ever see a bear with feathers, put that thing on YouTube, all right? All right, he says, listen, if you, if you catch a fish out there and it jumps up out of the water and goes for a walk on its four legs, make sure you send that thing to the news station because <laughs> you know instinctively that it's different. It's the same in that it's physical and that it's tangible and that it's part of its life. It gives life to it, but it's also different. And so what I think Paul is wanting us to grasp is this, is that this body has got to die. So that means a couple of things practically. It means, first of all, this, we can have some sense of joy when we start to feel ourselves decaying. 
when the back hurts, when the legs hurt, when the knees don't work right, right? When you hurt yourself getting out of bed in ways that you used to only be able to hurt yourself in contact sports. It's not pleasant, is it? I've <laughs> been having some moments like, I don't know what's going on with my body. I've been having moments like, my leg just starts shaking. It's just embarrassing, y'all. I'll just be standing in line somewhere and just my leg shaking. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I love Jesus. I'm a pastor. I don't know, right? I think they think I'm turning into a hound dog or something. I don't know what's going on, right? Isn't it annoying? Isn't it frustrating? Isn't it hard? And that's okay, and we, we need to live in that because that's real. But guess what else is true? The process is taking place. <laughs> I'm heading toward the moment. Maybe a small step. I'm going to still have a long time, but I'm making steps towards the moment that I am completely renewed. And I will not just be given a new body. Paul says I'll be given a different body. It'll be of a different nature, a different kind of glory. Listen, a couple of practicals for you are this. If these things are true, then it means, first of all, that we don't just devalue our physical bodies. Paul's speaking directly into a train of religious thought called Gnosticism. And part of that thought that was being preached in Corinth was that the spirit was holy and beautiful and pristine and made by God. And the, the body was this worthless piece of trash that you didn't even have to care about. It was sinful. And Paul's going, no, 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 no. The body is not ultimate. It doesn't last forever, but the body absolutely matters because it's been granted to you by God and it is the pathway through which you will eventually find the resurrected body and the resurrected life. So you can't devalue it and say it doesn't matter. You can't just do whatever you want to and live like it doesn't matter. God has given you this body for his plan and his purpose. Right? Also, it means that we don't overvalue the body. Right? Anybody know somebody who overvalues the body? Put your hand down. I didn't want you to raise hands. I'm just kidding. Nobody, right? right? Don't say a person's name. If you're thinking about somebody, just pray for them, right? But you ever known somebody that it's like, man, they don't, they're not worried about spiritual life. They're not worried about relationships. They're not worried about any of that as long as all of this looks like it should, right? Man, we can't overvalue our appearance. We can't overvalue our performance. We can't overvalue our physical bodies if they're meant to be like a seed that dies in the ground, so that new life can come. Paul says, listen, because Jesus has risen from the day, dead, one day if you're one who hopes in him, you will also get to die and you will get to raise to a new and different life. But it's more than just different, we see in verse 42. It says, so it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. He gives us four contrasts between the physical bodies that we embrace now and the resurrection bodies that we'll have one day. You see them there. He says, listen, it's sown, meaning it's, it's planted, it's invested, right, in perishable form. Like we were just talking about, we know the breakdown is happening in our bodies. Right? When I see in the mirror, I, I lean over to get my toothbrush and I see my bald spot. I go, oh, <laughs> right? We see it. It's perishable. Don't laugh at me, Ashley Preston, or I will come off this stage. I saw that. <laughs> it is raised imperishable. Right? The body I have one day, I don't know. I've never thought about it until this exact moment. I don't know how much hair the Lord is going to give my resurrected body. Lord, if it is a Shane Preston head full, I would love it, right? 
But how much ever I do have, guess what? When I have it, I have it, and it's not going anywhere. (laughs) However fast I can run, however high I can jump, whatever I can do with that body, it's not going to depreciate. It's not going to perish. You can rejoice in that if you know that Jesus is risen from the dead. That is part of your forever future. He said it was sown in dishonor, but it's raised up in glory. He says, listen, there is a dishonorable sense in terms of value of our our human flesh. Like it only matters so much. It does matter, but it has a line. But he says there is a sweet and rich value of the resurrected body that will live forever. He said this body that you have is sown in weakness. You can only do so much. No matter how hard you try, no matter how badly you'd like to do it, even with great intentions to do whatever it is for other people, you're limited. You're sown in weakness, but you'll be raised with a new kind of power. I think I'm going to be dunking a basketball, y'all. Right? Like, he didn't tell me that, but I'm hoping. Right? He says, you're sown in natural, but you're raised in spiritual. Listen, the older I get, the more that, that line from the old hymn just, just beats in my chest. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The more that I see of this world I love so much that God has blessed me with, but I also long for the day when, man, I'll just be alive with him spiritually. (laughs) When my longing to be with God won't be restricted or tampered with by my irritability or my proneness to get distracted. It won't be any more of that. It'll just be a life where I can spiritually focus on the one who set me free and enjoy the freedom that he has given me. If you're a follower of Jesus, that's part of the forever life that awaits you. (laughs) But we have to be willing, we have to even be glad to give up the old, to get the thing that's better than we could have ever imagined. Listen, I'm struggling this week. This is a hard passage to preach this week. And part of the reason for that is because it's hard to preach about a reality that we can't see yet and have, it's like he tells us some things about it, but man, it's like not even scratching the surface, I believe, of how awesome it's gonna be. Have you ever had to give up something that you loved? Maybe not really happy about it, not excited about it or fearful about it and Realize later that you actually received something way better in its place. Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a career. Devastated you to lose it, but you're on a different path now, and you're going, yes, I'm so glad. When I was nine years old, my second favorite movie of all time is still my second favorite movie of all time. It's a cult classic called Rad. You've probably never seen it. I don't blame you. It's about a kid who rides a bike. He overcomes a lot of obstacles to to win a big bike contest. He's a BMX rider. And so I had a red bike. (laughs) And it was a racing bike, and it had cool red wheel, like plastic covers on the inside. White tires on my red bike. I was rolling smooth, y'all. I even had a radio, right? It's like this, this, for some of y'all, y'all are younger, y'all don't know. A radio is like a box, and songs will come out of it, all right? (laughs) It's like a red box, and it had some arms that would attach it to the crossbeam on my handlebars, and I could listen to the radio as I was riding. Whoa, that thing was fire, y'all. I'm just telling you, I get excited just thinking about how cool I was then. And man, I used to ride that thing and daydream that I was that guy in that movie. Sometimes I would ride that thing and daydream that I was the guy out of my favorite movie. Uh, his name would be Maverick from Top Gun. <laughs> I loved that bike. 
I remember as I got to be too big for that bike, and I just wanted to hang on to it. I remember, I remember my knees hitting up on the handlebars up there because I was like, this is my bike, right? My parents been like, hey, we're, we're going to get you a new bike. And I'm like, I don't want a new bike. <laughs> and then they unleashed the Huffy 10-speed. <laughs> Man, that thing was as manly of a purple as you have ever seen. <laughs> it had neon yellow highlights, impacts, and you could shift up here on the handles. Woo-hoo-hoo. You braked by squeezing with your hands. Look out. (laughs) Man, I wouldn't go back to that red bike to save my life. If I was riding by to go to the swimming pool on an average day and my red bike said, hey, Jason, look over here, I'd be like, I don't even care, red bike. Right? I got this bike, and it's awesome. I know that it's scary to think about forever. Me too sometimes. I know that it's scary to think about giving up life that we know and understand, at least somewhat, to embrace a new body and a new life that we don't. But we can trust our God that he has something not just different, but something way better than this that was sown in perishable and in weakness and all these negatives. He's got something for us that's going to be raised and it's going to be better. And believing that, I promise you, if you'll just think about that, even every once in a while, it will shift the way that we live in the body that we have now. He closes out by saying this, verse 45. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. He's referring on a simple or similar mindset to what the verses we looked at a week ago. He's saying, listen, this is what you get by being connected to Adam. You get death. You get decay. This is what you get by being connected to Jesus in faith. You get life forever. He goes on to say, verse 46, but it is not spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. And if you don't remember any other verse from today, I would invite you to highlight this one in your heart. Verse 49. Listen, breathe in a deep sense of honor when you hear this. Just as we who have borne the image of the man of dust, get this, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. (laughs) That what Jesus is, that what his resurrected body is, the way he lives his resurrected life, all that stuff that we kind of understand but ultimately don't understand even a drop in the bucket to, we just know it's amazing. All of that, we're going to get to bear that image. We're going to get to be part of that. And it's not just supposed to encourage us that it's cool and that it's different and that it's better. It's supposed to encourage us that it's like Jesus. (laughs) Eighth, ninth grade, My best buddy's older brother was Randy, and Randy was the coolest guy you ever met. If by some chance he was listening to this today, I'd deny every word of it, right? But I thought he was a stud. And because I spent the night at their house often, sometimes two or three nights in a row, even on weeknights, sometimes I would not have the shirt that I needed or enough clothes to wear, and I'd have to borrow something. And every once in a while, I would get to borrow one of Randy's shirts. He had some shirts called Old School. It was a certain brand, and it had like a guy golfing on the back and said Old School. I don't know anything about it, but I just knew Randy wore it, and I was like, this is Old School right here, right? He had three-button pullover polo shirts, right? And, man, I would go to school. It didn't matter what I was wearing. I was wearing Randy's shirt. 
Randy was the dude. Man, we were in junior high. He had just graduated high school. Everybody in junior high knew who he was, and I was wearing his shirt, right? Make sure I mentioned it, right? Like, I wasn't annoying about it. I knew better than to just walk in and be like, hey, I got on Randy's shirt, y'all. But I would find a reason. You know what I'm saying? I would accidentally, like, spill the salt packet at lunch in my lap and be like, oh, I got to get this off here. It's Randy's shirt. Man, you like this? I would find ways to drop it in. I would drop it in because I was wearing Randy's shirt. Now I know him and he's, he's kind of human and he's a lot like every other person. But back then, he was a stud and I got to be like him. I got to wear his stuff. Listen, this is the scripture saying that as cool as Randy is, there's a guy named Jesus who lived on this planet, the one that you walk on. You can go out in your yard today, take off your shoes and socks and walk on the grass and feel it. Walk on the sand and feel it. Jesus felt that same thing on this same earth, that Jesus, and yet he was fully God. And he died to forgive you of your sins if you will trust in him. And he's going to do a party forever with you. We're going to celebrate him and celebrate the goodness that he is and that he gives to us. And we will get to bear that image. My prayer has been that God would do a great work to incite in us some, some joy and some excitement about that reality. Because if you're not excited and getting to put on this, this resurrected spiritual body that's like Jesus's and get to wear that around, I don't know what I could do for you. It might mean practically, here's, here's something to consider. If, if you're here today and it doesn't fire you up, listen, you're loved here. We're not aiming to shame you, but it out of love might mean that maybe you need to consider how enamored are you with Jesus? How amazing do you think he is if you don't see a huge sense of honor in embracing his image in a way that's permanent, in a way that's splendid? Listen, follower of Jesus, we're going to live forever. For that to happen, we can rejoice even in the fact that our body is making the journey towards that. Listen, everybody's going to exist forever. We're going to get to live forever, followers of Jesus. We're going to live forever in a body that we have not yet known. With no pain, with no decay. Why? Because Jesus has already walked through death. Risen from the dead to give us life. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus. Man, some of this stuff might sound far out to you if you really stop and consider it. Maybe you've heard it before in church and you're like, yeah, I know the whole Jesus thing. But if you really stop and put your mind on it, it might sound like, whoa, that's a big story. You're right, it is. <laughs> it would be incredible if it weren't for the fact that we have a God who can do the incredible. If you don't know God today through a relationship faith with Jesus, I don't care how many times you've sat in a seat in this room. I don't care who your mom and daddy are. I don't care how many times you've been dunked in water. I don't care. I don't care how many Bible verses you quote. I'm asking you, do you know God personally through a relationship of faith in this Jesus that can give us this kind of life? And if you don't, you're in a great place. You're amongst a group of humble people who love you and who want to do nothing but help. Come find me when we're done. Come find a friend when we're done. Mark on that card near your seat. I'd like to speak with a pastor. I'll get with you as soon as I can. Listen, nobody here wants to push anything on you. We want to help you take next steps in your faith journey towards Jesus. If you're here today and you do know Jesus, how do you need to press pause? 
maybe right now in this moment, how do you need to press pause maybe this week and just take a minute to maybe reread 1 Corinthians 15 and, and just let yourself be in awe. Let yourself sit back and be small on purpose and go, God, I can't even, I can't even get it all. I can't even wrap my mind around it because it's that good. How do you need to let the fact that you're going to live forever one day shape and influence the fact that you're living today, tomorrow, the next day, the next day? I'm going to trust God's spirit to lead you in that. Let's pray. God, not just because it's a a series that we're going through, not just because it's what we talked about today. With as sincere of a heart as I know how to bring to you, God, I ask that that you would flood our souls with joy. Flood our souls with wonder at the reality of what our lives after this life will be. Not just so that we'll have wonder and joy, but so that our souls will be more so directed towards you. So that we'll long for you personally. God, and would you let us live like people who know that we have a forever life coming? Would you let us live with that kind of boldness, bravery, humility, courage, passion, compassion? Please, God, let the way that we see the world around us be shaped by what you've told us is true about the world around us and about the world that one day will be with you. You're good to us, God. You've provided so many blessings. All your promises find their yes in your son, Jesus. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the realities that he brings us. We pray that we would walk in light of them. Lead us and guide us in how to do that by the person of your spirit. Please, we're looking to you for that, God. Wake us up, God. Wake us up not to just have a devotion or or a quiet time or whatever, God, but to, to long for you, to be with you, to live with you like we'll live with you forever one day. Do that in us. I ask it, God, for the glory of your name. King Jesus. Amen. Man. God's word is good, yeah? Awesome. A few, uh, few things I want to mention to you before we get out of here today, and if I'm being 100% honest, I'm not sure I remember them all or what order they're in, so I'm going to stare at the screen. There you go. So next Sunday, um, if you didn't hear this last week, you might feel surprised like this guy on the screen. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we're going to try something a little different right? Uh, we don't know if it's an every fifth Sunday for the rest of eternity kind of thing, or it might just be this one time. We're just testing it out. So if you, so if you love it, don't get used to it. And if you hate it, don't suspect that it's always going to be. But this fifth Sunday, next Sunday, we have our kids with us here in service. They're going to make noise. They're going to toddle about. They're going to want to do things. They're going to be distracting. We know that and we love them. And we're going to worship together as a complete faith family. Right? I think that it, them having a chance to worship next to you, even if your experience of worship is swatting them to stop while you're singing, God, you're holy forever, right? it's, it's good. All right? It's good for them to see you love Jesus. Right? And so we're going to have them in here with us next week. It also allows us to give a break uh, to our kids team that works really, really hard 
Um, we're going to try to come up with a couple of different ways to help kids engage with what we're talking about and singing about in here. We'll see how far we get with that, but that's the plan. All right, so kids in here uh, next Sunday for the fifth Sunday. The next thing that I want to tell you about is whatever they're going to put on the screen. There it is. All right, so some of you have had a chance to meet uh, Miss Deborah, who has been hanging out here with us uh, for a while now. Um, she has a ministry called Love Them Enough Outreach Ministries, um, just hoping to outreach with the gospel into Dublin, uh, surrounding areas, and reach into life who are in need and, and need to hear the gospel more than anything else. And so this coming Saturday, there's a community event going down from 12 to 4 at Springdale Park. All right, if you don't know where that is, look it up. Dublin's not that big of a place. I'm confident you can find it, okay? Um, if not, let me know. I'll find it and we'll get there together, all right? If you want to come and be a part of that, uh, we're going to be giving out um, some new clothes to people who have need for that. We're going to be giving out some free food. Uh, there's going to be lots of different cool things happening there. If you want to come be a part of that and, and just stand around and help out with that, give stuff out, or maybe you're just a, hey, I just want to come and hang out with people and get to know some people I'm not normally around, I know Ms. Deborah would appreciate your help, and I know she would appreciate your presence, all right? And so, listen, Dublin Bible Church, we say that we want to take the gospel outward from here. That absolutely, we want people to come here and celebrate Jesus, but, but the big goal is that we scatter for his glory. This is a chance to do that, okay? This is a chance to do it. Let's put faith to our faith uh, this Saturday, 12 to 4, uh, Springdale Park. The next thing is this. Hey, there it is. All right, so where is Miss Natalie? Miss Natalie, you in this building? Come on up here, lady. Come here real quick. Oh, yeah, you are. You gotta. Come on, come on, come on. Don't make me stand here and keep asking you forever. It's embarrassing, Miss Natalie. Come on. Thank you. So, um, I'm sure most of you know, I can tell. Come on up here. I'm sweaty, but I won't bite, okay? Uh, many of you, most of you know Natalie, and if you do, you know um, the way that she so clearly reflects the humility and the servant heart of our King Jesus. Um, Natalie, you have served this church um, for quite a while, you've served this church through some really hard times. You're serving this church in a season of transition now that's not necessarily easy. <laughs> you're taking on a lot of extra. Um, you're helping me take on extra. Um, you're dealing with my scatterbrainedness all the time. Um, we won't even talk about that incident with the plunger, okay? But you're doing lots of things, right? You're taking good care of us. should have taken a picture. <laughs> hey, easy, no pictures. Okay, so. I knew I shouldn't have brought that up. Anyway, um... So it's been a few weeks ago that some folks, and it wasn't just one, a few people came together and said, hey, we just need to find a way to let Natalie know how much we love her and appreciate the way that she serves us as a body of Christ. And it just happens that if my calendar is correct, it just had no idea until I think Friday or Thursday that this coming Wednesday is Administrative Assistance Day. So there you go. Uh, God is cool like that, right? So hopefully we'll get some good lunch. Uh, I think you got... Uh, a little upgrade coming to your office in there that you might want. And so that's going to happen eventually. Um, but ultimately, we want you to know how much we love and appreciate you. Your humility is so loud. Um, and I mean that in the best of ways. Um, your life is a light for the glory of God. And uh, we appreciate you greatly. And the only way I know to make sure that you hear how much these people appreciate you is to say to you, God says, give honor to those who are worthy of honor. It's in the word. You can look it up. And so if you'd like to give honor to Natalie, why don't you do that by clapping your hands? Can we do that? We love you. We love you so much. I almost forgot and kept this for myself. <laughs> Anyways, um, some people brought you some gifts, all right, to tell you how much they love you. I'm sure there's some sweet notes in there, and I'm sure there are some gift cards and that kind of stuff. Um, if there's anything real cool, we'll share it, okay? So anyways, 
We love you so much, and we want you to know that, okay? All right, so that's all the announcements I have on the screen, but there is one other thing really quickly. Uh, I don't know if Shane or Austin wants to, to detail this. I'll try, and then if you guys have details, jump in. Um, also this coming Saturday, correct, the 29th, correct, Miss um, Lynn Richker, who has now moved. Has she officially moved it? Yes, she did move, right? She's, she's gone. Um, we are going to help her get her property ready for sale. Am I still doing good? Okay. All right. So uh, the last thing I heard, there are flower beds on top of flower beds on top of flower beds, and they got stuff that need to be pulled out of them. We're going to help her do some yard work, some different stuff at her house. Uh, the aim, I think, is that some of our men from our men's ministry would also partner with some of our students, which is really awesome. And so that is going to go down this Saturday. I would say, listen, if you're here and you want to be a part of helping in that way, helping such a dear woman in Ms. Lynn. Um, come find when you're done. Shane, who's sitting right up here, he's the guy who hides over here in the drum thing. Um, come find Shane. Find Mr. Austin Shank. If you don't know who they are and you want to be a part of that as a student or as a man or as a anybody, come find me and I'll point you in the right direction. But let's help Miss Lynn out um, in kind of a last effort kind of way. Uh, she's making her transition. All right? Yeah, so when I'm hearing Keith, Keith said it real nice, what I'm saying, though, is if you're a student, be there, all right? Um, if you're a student, then they may come get you if you're not there, all right? And so I'll say, anyways, if you can be there Saturday, be there. Let's help Lynn out with that, all right? Last but not least, I may or may not have put the slide in. I'm just remembering. Uh, it's important that I remember because I'm supposed to talk about some stuff. Uh, kids team, uh, kids life team, if you're a part of that, hopefully you already know about it, you've signed up for it, but just as a reminder, uh, we have a lunch here in just a minute. As soon as we can kind of let everybody love on each other for a minute, hug Miss Natalie's neck, say goodbye, all that stuff, then we're going to flip the room uh, and have a meal for you and just talk about a few things. Hopefully we're 45 minutes-ish, maybe even shorter, but talk about a few things that we want to kind of make sure we draw to a defined point with kids ministry as we're moving forward. All right, and so if that's you, if you're part of the Kids Life team, or if you're just interested in being part of that, if you're like, I might want to serve in kids, but I'd like to hear about it, hang around, eat with us. All right, there it is. Listen, go make much of Jesus. I don't want that to be just a thing that I say up here. I never intended it for it to be my every week thing, but it has become that. Listen, go make much of Jesus. Through your imperfections, through your failures, through all that stuff, no matter what happens, point it to Jesus. <laughs> go make much of Jesus. Let us know how we can help. All right? Have a great week. Go for it.